Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest on Facing the Canon is Graham Dacre, entrepreneur and businessman. Graham Dacre, welcome to Facing the Canon. I'm very pleased to be here, Jay John. I'm you. delighted to have you, Graham. We've been friends for several decades. I think almost 30 years we've known each other. You don't look a day older. <laughs> Thank you, Graham. You're looking good yourself. Well, I've got your book here, So Much From So Little. So, you've been an entrepreneur, a businessman. Let's start with your grandfather. Your grandfather was a businessman, but also an evangelist. He was, he was, he found Christ and, um, and uh, it changed his life, transformed his life. And when he became successful, he took off around the country with a caravan covered in texts and would go into the village green, uh, set up a tent, preach the gospel and go home. So he, as well as being a businessman, he had a mobile church. He did. And he had a mobile gas showroom um, that he used and the, he'd pull that onto the village green, open the sides down and convert it into a, a, a church building. And that's where I found Christ as a child. Okay. You found... You found Christ as a child, yeah. but later on rediscovered Jesus. And we'll tell that story. But your grandfather was the one that introduced you to business. He was the entrepreneur and, uh, and um, certainly through my mother, I became an entrepreneur, yeah. So he first of all gave you that first opportunity in one garage. He did. And you were quite young then. I was 20 years old, yeah. Now, you started selling cars to a pastor who was buying the cars to give them away. Yeah. And then this pastor invited you to have a sauna with him in his garden. Is that correct? That's absolutely true. Yes, he did. He invited me to church and I wouldn't go because I knew he wanted to preach at me. But one day he invited me to a sauna bath and I thought I couldn't um, get into trouble there. So I went. You went. So yeah. you're in, in his sauna, in his garden, yeah. and he's telling you the story of the prodigal son. Well, he told me about, we talked about everything. Um, and finally, when the evening was coming to an end, he said, just before we go, can I tell you a story? And he shared the story of the prodigal son. I responded to that. And is that when you rediscovered the wonder of God's grace? That's when I my life was transformed that night in that sauna bath, totally transformed. And since that day, my faith has mesmerised me, contained me, excited me, fulfilled me, um, been the thing at the forefront of my, my whole existence. So you walked out of that sauna knowing that something had transformed you or in the words of Jesus that you were born again? Absolutely. I went from black and white to colour. I went from unknowing to, to, to being known. I, I, I had a relationship with Christ. It was amazing. It was totally and utterly transforming. And that pastor became your father-in-law. He did. I don't think he approved of that, but... <laughs> well, I think it was your mother-in-law initially took yeah. a bit of uh, time to warm to you, That's towards true. you. That's true. But so you, you encounter Jesus. Yeah. How did that affect you in business? Well, by, at that time, I was only just being a car salesman. Um, I've always tried to be basically honest. Um, I can't say that it, it changed my business eth ethics, but I can say my faith today determines what I do, 
how I say it, what I think, it, th it, can, it, it uh, impacts everything. And, and obviously you were hugely successful. How would you, Graham, define success? Well, uh, one person could say that success is being happy. Others could say um, success was going from being absolutely broke to the Sunday Times rich list. Um, uh, today, success is actually having peace in your heart, isn't it? But of course, you were successful from one garage, was it 23 garages you in eventually end, yeah. acquired? Yeah. And a big property portfolio. But during all this time, you're seeking the Lord and you hear God say to you that one day you're going to build a church. I did, no doubt about it. I just felt that that was my calling. Um, and that was the reason for some of my success. And um, so, yeah, I did, yeah. And, so, and ultimately, when I sold up, um, I did my best to build and to grow a church. So you, you eventually, what made you eventually sell all your businesses? What prompted you? Well, I always built them to sell them. It wasn't, I wasn't building them just to keep hold of them. I always wanted to uh, generate some value and to realise it. Tell us about that church. Where is that church? Well, the church that we built was in Norwich. It was called TLC. Which uh, stands for? Tender Loving Care. Tender Loving which Care. Christ, Christ has for us. We don't realise that sometimes, but it does. And so um, I ran the church for seven years. Um, loved it. It was the, probably the hardest thing I've ever done. But it was probably the most um, profound um, and beneficial thing I've ever done, you know, um, when you're leading a church and you're, you're speaking every other week, it takes some doing. And um, leading people is a challenge. Um, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that and I look back on those years with great affection. And your business, you called it Lind. What does Lind stand for? Well, at the time I was involved with uh, Robert Lind Gordon, Bob Gordon. And um, he had an involvement in that. His name was Lind. And uh, when he was preaching the change of the name, from the old name to the new name, which was Lind, um, he stood up in front of the staff and said, right, guys, Lind stands for life in new dimension. And, uh, and that's what you get when you find Christ. It is literally life in new dimension. And, you know, the, the experience I had in the sauna bath gave me life in new dimension. And uh, so we communicated that to all the staff and to the customers. That's, that, that's what it meant. Absolutely. Well, selling your uh, businesses for a substantial amount of money, Graham, challenges you, as it would any of us, to be responsible with what God has entrusted to us. How do you discern what to do with what God has given you? Well, I... I, I, I tend to always stick to the principle, of, no, I do always stick to the, the principle of tithing um, as the basics. Um, uh, but up and beyond that, um, God has blessed me. And whenever I feel that something I've been prompted by the Holy Spirit, or I feel there's a rightness in, or that something is merited, then I'm, I'm uh, uh, there to support and to encourage. So you're someone who kind of like, hands open, Lord, it's, 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 you, it's all your time, it's all your talent, it's all your treasure. 
I'm just the guardian. I, I can't say I'm as nice as that. What I do say is that I've got two hands, one there and one there. And I learned early on the benefit of giving and that he who waters will himself be refreshed. And I leave that hand up in submission to the Lord at all times. And when he puts things in that hand, I take them out of that hand and I turn it up and I allow him to take anything out of that hand that he wants. Because I know that if I'm faithful in my giving, he will replenish. He, will, he said, he that um, has, pity, has pity on the poor lends to God yes. and he will repay. Okay, I don't do this out of asking. I do it out of submission, in humility, keeping my hands upright and giving to God. Absolutely. And that's really what we should all be doing, uh, irrespective of the amount that we're responsible for. Because I think the thing is, would you agree, Graham, you know, if we don't uh, tithe one pound, we're never going to tithe a million pounds. I, I, I always remember the, the tithe that I made when I sold the business. It's a multi-million pound tithe, and I did it joyfully, absolutely joyfully. Um, that's my first port of call. That's God's money. Absolutely. Now, you write in your book about a, the big mistake, and you were a target of fraud. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I was approached by a very clever consortium of white-collar criminals who indicated that they could produce money from the um, uh, banking system. And I was convinced eventually that what they were doing was going to produce substantial benefit for the kingdom. In the end, it turned out to be a fraud. and. Um, and um, I had to write off 12 million pounds. Did you get any of that back? I got some of it back because I had, quite, I had by this time, I had some friends in high places and the Crown Prosecution brought them in. And um, they, uh, after a long trial, I got a couple of million pounds back and they got 47 years in jail. So they're still in prison? No, they're out now. They're out now? Yeah. But I, I'm not bitter about it. I, I, I went on television uh, the night after the trial and the uh, six o'clock news anchor said to me, Mr. Dacre, what is it like to lose 12 million pounds? And I looked at him and I said, well, what I'm going to say to you is this. I might have lost it financially, but I'm not going to pay for it emotionally. And I moved on. And you just, yeah, let go, move on. I moved on. It's only money. And, um, and then you go out and make it again. Do you think those men were remorseful, repentant? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm sure they were very uh, subdued spending, you know, five to eight years in jail and losing all their assets. It can't have been comfortable. No, it couldn't have been comfortable at all. No. Am I angry? No. Am I bitter? No. Um, it's all part of the rich tapestry of life. My grandfather said to me, Graham, he said this is before he died, obviously. Um, in business, you have to support the thief, the beggar and the rogue. And I've got the full deck. Yeah, you've got the whole lot. 
<laughs> now, uh, as well as being a, a businessman, entrepreneur, I mean, you are very much an evangelist, Graham. In your own way, with the people that you interact with, you, I know in our own conversations that we frequently have, that you're always trying to introduce people to Jesus. It's very interesting. Um, I eventually had to let the church go because of a divorce. There's real sadness there. And I did wonder, um, because obviously I was partially responsible for that, whether I would lose my ministry and my giftings and things. Um, it was tough. But I found since the Lord hasn't taken away the gift of evangelism for me. You, you, you evangelize on a worldwide stage. I evangelize on a one-on-one -on -one stage and I joyfully do it. I introduce people to Christ and I can do it. I, I use your method, very matter of fact, black and white. Do you want an introduction? If you are, bow your heads, you know. There's a bit more to it than that. Of course. <laughs> oh, well, tell us, tell us a story or two. Well, I, I, I love talking to people and et cetera, et cetera. One of the, one of the things that I remember that um, Christ did when he was on earth, he always talked to people exactly where they're at and what interests them, whether it's the um, man and his money, whether it's the man who is lame, whether it was the lady at the well who had five husbands, he always went to where they were at. And I find talking to young people fantastic. All right, would you like to know how I do that? How do you do that? Well, what is the one thing that young people is the most important thing in their life? It's a telephone, their tablet. But the most, in, the one thing they would not want to lose is their phone. So let's use the, shall I give you an example? Give us an okay, example. I'll give you an example. I know you brought a bag I, I of props some. I with brought you. some things. I've got two things, all right? There and there, all right? You talk to young people about their phone, all right? And, and I always often start off with, do you know that God, when he made you, surreptitiously put a phone in your heart? Let's pretend that's the old-fashioned phone that's in your heart, okay? And this is the new, modern uh, smartphone. Okay, you've got both of them. Right. And here you are, you get your new phone, you open it up. Okay, you open it up and it's beautiful. All right. And you take this out, you, you take off the, the cover. Protective cover, the protective yes. cover. And you know what it's like. This is it. It's lovely. It's beautiful. You can't believe that you've got the latest phone. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's this to do with the gospel? Well, here it is. But you know what? That's absolutely useless. That's just the, that's just the technology. You've got to have something else. You've got to have a service contract. You've got to get a SIM card. You've got to have a service provider. And they say, oh yeah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. What's more, when you get to your service provider, you have to sign the terms and conditions. All right. Now, I've got a mobile phone in my heart. Most young people, they, they, they don't know they've got one, but they have got one, okay? But you know, for this phone too, you need a service provider. All right? And you can't, you, this, this phone is dead. All right, it's in your heart, it's dead, all right? But you can't, if you want to say a prayer, you come to me because you know my service, my, my phone's alive. My one in my heart, 
So I can say the prayer, but you can't. But you can. And here is a phone that's in your heart. And all you have to do is to get the service provider. And some years ago, some years ago, Jesus became my service provider. And when I signed the contract with him, once I entered the contract, once I accept the terms and conditions, this phone in my heart, all right, was suddenly alive. And I can talk, there you are, I can talk to the Heavenly Father. Because Christ says, no man comes to the Father except through me. You talk about the mobile phone, they understand it. You talk about God being a contemporary God. You say, well, you know, he might, he, he's, he, he's not on Facebook, but he's certainly my best friend. All right, he's not on, on, on the internet, but I'm connected to him. And, and there's, various, there's various ones you can talk about it, you know. You're it's much more WhatsApp than WhatsApp. It's fantastic. Why do you think most of us are reluctant to tell people about Jesus? Well, you're not reluctant. I'm not reluctant. But other people get a little bit embarrassed. They, they worry about the other person. Um, I just happen to have... It's, it's at the top of my agenda. It's, it's in my heart. It's, it's my, what overflows from me. It's the most important thing in my life. I can't help but talk about it. So, but other people aren't quite so forthcoming. They're a bit more embarrassed. They're a little bit more, probably more sensitive than me. <laughs> I know. But here's, an, here's a fantastic story. Do you want a fantastic story? Go on, Graham. In church, I overheard Pastor Bob Gordon turn around to my friend Gary. Gary is a hardened, solid 25-year-old taxi driver. And I heard Pastor, Go Pastor Gordon say to him, Gary, he said, how do you get on when you're telling the mates about Jesus on the taxi rank? I'll never forget Gary's response. He said, well, he said, sometimes you have to buy him a pie. Yes. And if you want to open somebody up, give them a present. Yes. It's a real, it's, it's just give them or something. buy them a coffee. Buy them a coffee, do something, something for them. Yeah. You know? I know. But we're reluctant, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm like you. I just love sharing the gospel, sharing faith, leading people to Christ. Um, and seeing them flourish, etc. As you look back in your life, I mean, you, you yourself mentioned about your divorce, Graham. As you look back in life, do you have regrets in life? Absolutely, there's regrets I have from working so hard, uh, how it affected my children. Um, do you think I, you were an absent father? Because no, I, I wasn't, but you know, you hear, even as the adults, their pain and sure. me not being about and sending. Them, I sent them to boarding school and they probably would have preferred to have been at home. And yeah, of course we do. I have regrets. You know, we've all got uh, failings. We've all got failures. We've all got stuff that we carry. Yeah. What, let, let, what do you do with your regrets? and your failings, what do you do with that? As far as I'm able, I, I, I uh, attempt to uh, remedy my regrets, put things right, keep things sweet with people. Um, uh, sometimes it takes an apology, sometimes it takes a gift, sometimes it takes humility. Um, my failings, I can only take to God. Um, I can only ask for forgiveness. I can only receive that forgiveness. And um, 
in return uh, I can be more accommodating in forgiving others. Uh, yeah. What would you say, Graham, and I'm sure people are tuned in all over the world, young entrepreneurs or people just beginning in, in business, in the world, in secular life, from your experience of being a successful businessman, what advice would you give them? Well, a practical advice um, outside of the spiritual, I would say find your passion, um, go for it, be unrelenting, be determined, don't let anybody set you back, go for it. Um, and do what you do time and again, time and time again, keep doing it. I was a good car salesman, so I kept selling cars, I kept selling cars, I sold more cars than anybody else, I made more money than anybody else. Um, I bought one garage, I bought two, I bought two, I bought six, um, and I just went on and on and on. Life for me was, people think it's, it was magic, it wasn't magic, it was one brick on top of another brick on top of another brick, until this structure became very big. And what do you do, what do we do, should we do, when we face disappointment, discouragement, possibly bankruptcy, what do we do then? Well. It is, what can you do? Um, uh, you get up and go again. I mean, I, I, I faced the black blackness of the night many times, um, but I pushed my way through. I've, I've always felt that um, God has everything under control um, and he will help me through. Have I had failings? Yes. Have I had losses? Yes. Have I, have I hit the buffers on one or two deals? Yes. But I, I never quit. I just kept going. If... Um, if uh, six out of 10 deals work, I'm gonna come out in front. Don't so, give up, don't give up, keep going. So what advice would you give to your younger self? What advice would I give to my younger self? Well, I'm actually quite happy with what I did and how I did it. You know, today I challenge myself on two points. Do I like how I think and do I like how I act? All right, and both of it, I'm, I'm very comfortable in my own skin, so I don't look back with great condemnation. I could, could I have worked harder? Mm, probably not. Could I have been even more successful? Yes, undoubtedly. Am I happy with what I've achieved? I'm grateful to God, and I have more than sufficient, and I'm, and I'm, and I, but I still have to live, actually. This is an interesting thing. You don't find very many wealthy people who are either happy or satisfied, all right. Um, and how I counter that for myself is that I enjoy what I have, and I live with a grateful spirit and a thankful heart, and that keeps me humble and, and broken before God. You like cars. I like cars. You've always liked cars. That came from my grandfather. Yep. And you enjoy driving them. I enjoy. Yeah, I do enjoy some uh, rather lovely cars. Yeah. What's your favourite car to drive? My favourite car to drive. Um, if you said to me, you can just have one car for the rest of your time. Um, I've enjoyed um, being a Porsche dealer and having new 911s um, all the way through my um, uh, lifetime. Today I have a Porsche Taycan uh, electric car. Awesome. Out of this world. Absolutely. And what would you say to people who might say, oh, 
I'm not sure Jesus would be driving that today. <laughs> what I'd, would you say? Actually, on your bike. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus would be driving it. I don't care whether Jesus, I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> so even though Jesus came on a donkey into Jerusalem, you're going to drive your Porsche. <laughs> I am. Yeah, no, but you're, 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 the thing is, you, you have been a successful businessman. You have stewarded as best as you can the resources that God has entrusted to you, but you also enjoy life. I'm having fun. Yes, I do. I've, I've, I have a very young spirit and I max life. I enjoy people. I enjoy environments. I enjoy London. I'm enjoying the people I, I live with in a big community in London. And uh, yeah, I'm blessed. And is there, do you feel that there's other initiatives or projects that God may have for you for the future? I'm hoping so, yeah. And I think there are, yeah. I'm sure there are. I've got one or two I'm looking at. I'm helping others. Not so much me at the forefront anymore. More being a support. Me being a provider. Um, but yeah, there'll be things to be involved in. You're obviously a person, Graham, who's uh, very grateful to God and very content. Yeah, I'm in a good place in God. I love God. I, I love my walk of faith. I'm enjoying my life. God's blessed me. Um, but I do have to stay humble, I do have to stay thankful um, and, and, and have a spirit of gratitude or an attitude of gratitude um, and, and I do that, yeah. What would you say to people who are kind of discontent at the moment in their lives and struggling and maybe feeling, well, they, they wish they could have this or that? Mm. Uh, what would I say? You know, I remember that little song we used to sing, count your blessings, name them one by one. Um, and it will surprise you what the Lord's done. If you look back and be grateful for the things God has done, you put yourself in his hand, you know. Read Psalm, uh, sorry, re read Proverbs 3. Make sure your life is right. God will bless you. God knows what you have need of. He knows your heart. He longs to give you gifts. You know, he, what does the Bible say? Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. He wants to give us gifts. He's always given. He's given us his son. What's it? Romans 8.32 says, Will he not with him freely give us all things? He will. You think, well, I'm never going to get it. But you, give your, you put your heart and your life and... and, and um, and your future in God's hands, and you will be blessed. Even if you don't have everything, you'll be blessed because you'll be happy with what God is doing in your life. Enjoy God. Make him your Savior. Make him your Lord. Give him your life. Put everything in, in, in his hands. You will come through, and you'll be blessed out of your socks. God is faithful. He's the giver of all good things. Graham, so much from so little. It's been a joy to have you on Facing the Canon. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, a joy too. I hope that has inspired you. I, I hope particularly those of you that are just starting out in the world of business, I pray and hope that some of uh, Graham's words will have been an encouragement to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Facing the Canon. Please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, 
visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. J. John and Chris Wally's much-loved book, Jesus Christ the Truth, is now available in paperback edition. Take this opportunity to purchase copies at a low cost and pass them on to friends, family, neighbours and colleagues. Buy three for the price of two at £6 per copy or buy 50 copies for £2.50 per copy. An ideal book to give away to those who want to know who Jesus is. Pass it on. Available now at canonjjohn.com.